Hello and welcome to Open Door Missions Coffee with Candace podcast. This podcast shares updates on Open Door Missions ministry and engages in topics and events surrounding those experiencing hunger, homelessness, and poverty. I'm Open Door Missions Kristen with President and CEO of Open Door Mission, Candace Gregory. Hi, Kristen. I'm so glad we're back together. This has been a fabulous holiday season and and busy. (laughs) Open Door Mission is a gospel rescue mission in Omaha founded in 1954, and we are committed to breaking the cycle of homelessness and poverty. Open Door Mission's campus offers 917 safe shelter beds. We actually provide more than 4,747 nutritious meals to feed the hungry and provide homeless preventive measures to more than 1,000 people living in poverty to empower them to remain in their own homes. And as always, we appreciate you listening to our podcast and any feedback. Um, And we sure would appreciate that five-star rating. Um, If you think that it's five stars. It is five star. (laughs) And please share with your friends too. We'd also love to hear if you have any questions for Candice. You can just leave a comment or send us an email at odm at opendoormission.org. On the show today, we're going to be talking about the busy holiday season this year and how grateful we are, Kristen, to the generosity and compassion of the community. We have volunteer opportunities that are coming up in the new year, and we're going to have a story of hope. Lives are changed every day here at Open Door Mission, thanks to your generous support. And we kind of kicked off our holidays with our Turkey and Fixins program. That was back in November, and we started by being in the stores at Hy-Vee and encouraging people to buy the Fixins bag. And so just... Just a special thank you to our partners, Hy-V, FNBO, and KETV, who have been partners with us for many years. In fact, FNBO gave $5,000 towards the program. Our numbers of donations of bags sold um, were down compared to last year, um, yet there is an increased need this year. Candace, can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, we have a 250% increase in our homeless prevention resources. That's people coming to us once every 30 days to supplement their income. It could be for diapers, toiletries, gently used clothing, furniture, appliances, or all of the above. And not to mention it's a double whammy because we have a 30% increase in our food cost and donations are down really by 19% because I think people are feeling the effects of the economy. That's why we're so glad that Fairway joined us again this year too with their Share a Christmas Meal program. And just, it was an easy program, Kristen, Mm -hmm. that people could round up uh, at the Wicket, $10 a bag. So if you're a business and you can do a tag for us like that at your Wicket when you check out for people, uh, those pennies do add up to make a difference and feed a lot of people because $2.50 cents will provide a hot, nutritious meal. Well, and Candice, you yourself have been registering people in our outreach center for our special programs. Like in November, there was turkey and fixins. Did you see an increase in you the know, families we were serving? It was amazingly uh, an eye-opener for me, not only for our turkey and fixins, but our Project Santa program, Kristen, because not only was the need huge people lining up two hours before we open, but the diversity of the people, people who've never come to us before. So explaining like, you know, the program, how it works, how to shop on the floor. So first timers, a lot of seniors, and then a lot of people who could not speak English. So we were using Google Translate for almost every other person. And I know that everybody thinks it was just, oh, Spanish. 
No, you know, Vermis, Burmese, Russian, Somalian, uh, and then, you know, uh, the Asian uh, dialects and the Sudanese dialects. And there was just uh, some of the dialects weren't even on the Google Translate. And so we had to really do picture communication to get through with how we could serve those people. Um, just yesterday, um, somebody was looking for our toy and joy shop. We have a lot going on around here in the different buildings. And so she had asked, uh, and it was just right the next building over, and we were kind of pointing it out to her. And she, uh, this woman said, normally I'm the one donating toys. And this yeah. year is the first time I've ever needed toys. And she got very emotional about mm. it and almost felt bad for having to use the services. And I'm like, no, this is why we do it. This is why we're here to help you. It is. And you know, people that come through our door, you just don't know the reasons why. And um, there's been some really tough times in our economy and in layoffs. And you just don't know who you're serving. And so you want to treat everybody that comes through our door with respect and dignity. Well, let's talk about that toy and joy shop. We try to make that a really fun, happy experience for the parents that are going through. You know, for years, um, we actually assembled toys by age and gender, and you just hoped that something in that bag was of worth. And I know, you know, we're both moms and Kristen, you know, our kids, you know, they are so spoiled and they have everything that you could even imagine, but they have wants and they have desires. And as a mom, you want to meet some of those. And so I think consumer choice was a good, was a good decision for our organization. So everything is divided up. by value. Um, And now people choose the items that they would want for their child. And hopefully that would be something that would supplement their income. Yeah, they know their child best, right? And so they know what their child would want. Plus it empowers them to feel like these gifts are coming from them. Yes, Um, absolutely. And so I love how we have it set up. And then of course, the many volunteers that are required to run something like that too. So we're so grateful for all the people and businesses and groups who took time out of their day uh, to come help serve and for everyone who hosted those toy drives without the toys we have no toys to give away believe it or not we're already thinking about 2024 it's a leap year so christmas is going to be on a wednesday i know and it's like very weird (laughs) so we already we just are not you know just finalizing all our holiday plans here and now we're making ready for the next year why it's fresh in our mind yeah Well, as much as we love the holidays, it's important to recognize that not everyone has all these warm, fuzzy feelings around the holidays. It can be a really challenging time for our guests. Can you Mm. talk a little bit about that? You know, as the cold weather is creeping up on us, um, we've been truly blessed (laughs) by not having Mm -hmm. six feet of snow and the below zero weather, but we know it's coming and when it gets here, it'll stay. Um, But, you know, uh, that in itself brings on some seasonal uh, depression with, with the seasons changing. But there's also like, before our guests even arrive at our door, they've had some extreme trauma in their lives 99% of the time. And then you have, so you have some mental health things going on. You also have uh, past trauma that's rearing its ugly head. Um, And then of course we have behavioral issues, Um, you know, whether it be chemical substance addiction, because we're trying to numb the pain, maybe gambling, pornography, um, all those things that, you know, become vices in our life and strongholds that uh, lead us down the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And, and and then we're eventually here at the Open Door Mission. So Christmas is not, or Thanksgiving, is not always, or New Year's, happy thoughts. Because in homes, there's excessive drinking, 
there's domestic violence. And so whether you're an adult or child, the holidays may not always be great, happy memories. Uh, Also, other times someone's passed away, a loved one might be the first holiday without them. And so there's a lot of grief and trauma going on that we're dealing with. And that's why it's so important for us to have holiday mealtimes where people, we're encouraging them to come out of their rooms, not stay isolated and come to the dining room. It's going to be festive. It's going to be decorated. And we want you to come out and our our volunteers are going to engage with you. And and we're going to try to, you know, make it special, Kristen. Um, You know, we couldn't do it without our our fabulous sponsors and volunteers and donors. I mean, this uh, past Thanksgiving, we had a donor that uh, provided through our KFAB Radiothon, hundreds of donors, actually, that every guest got a new hat and glove set. Well, this past Christmas, now every uh, man, woman, and child gets a thrasher stocking at right. cri- when they come to the Christmas Day brunch. And so those things are special. They make it. They make special memories that replace maybe the not so happy memories. Right. So it's really important for us. And all year long, you can visit our website. We do on the first day of spring, we do a spring fiesta. Yes. We do a back to school carnival. Um, all of those things that we just take for granted that we make it special in our homes. We want to do that here for our guests. That's right. And I love when the volunteers that are here, for, especially for the holiday ones, um, because sometimes that person is not seeing any family. They've isolated themselves completely with yes. broken relationships and they're all alone. And our volunteers are here not only serving meal, but just talking to them yeah. and, and being someone who who cares what they're saying mm-hmm. and really seeing them as a person. Absolutely. So it's so special to see that. And of course, we have our Adopt-A-Guest program which, whew. <laughs> yeah, we just finished up. Um, that's where we partner a donor with someone who is experiencing homelessness on our campus. And I give them the send them the wish list. They get to go do the shopping, buy the gifts, wrap them up, and then deliver them to and us. And this is really six weeks of your full-time working life. on, right, yeah. Chris? Like, yeah. it's um, when you have hundreds of people um, that need to be sponsored. You have your adoptees yes. and then you have your sponsors. And I love ma- it though. And it's just, and then to see it all come in in three days is just, I know. wow. And we had um, like around 300 donors this year who, who wow. sponsored close to 700 um, of our guests. Wow, it's amazing. So even during these more difficult and challenging times, our, our donors really just stepped their, up. Yeah. They step up. Um, and then we always do something special on December 21st. It's kind of a national thing. It is. Um, it's the longest day of the year and the first day of winter. And so it's a really important time for us here at the Open Door Mission. And it's really a time uh, to look back on this past year. Um, you know, we try to keep things positive, obviously, but this is the sad reality that happens. But it, it's National Homeless Memorial Day celebrated on December 21st. And um honoring this year was 113 people lost in the last year just locally mm-hmm. who have experienced homelessness you know Kristen we remember those who have died and we pray for a day when no life is lost due to the lack of housing and inclement weather that people are living in and um, for our memorial service it's been a tradition for us to line up a pair of shoes um, to to actually just in memory of that 
that of precious soul. Yeah. Yes. And so we have like whatever that number is, 113 lined up, men, women, adults, um, and then children's shoes too. And um, we just, you know, we say the person's name. Um, we, if we, if we knew the person personally, then we're able to talk about them in a positive way. In fact, in January, um, we'll be having a memorial service for one of our dear friends, um, Gary Strubing, who passed away here at the Open Door Mission. And we all know him because he was our first gardener. He graduated the, from the program, went back to school. And so all of us staff and, fa- and our staff's families will join together as we remember Gary, who passed away this past year. Well, we just had um, the Channel 94.1 21st Annual Diaper Drive. They are so- I love that they're all in um, on this diaper drive. They've been an amazing partner for 21 years. Um, collecting um, this past year it was down a little bit. Um, not a big surprise, you know, with the challenges. Not at we all. Had. We were not surprised at all. And um, we are, but you know, what's surprising to me is more and more people who are designating a gift monetarily to diapers. Um, And I think maybe just because it's convenient, Kristen, um, they can go online, they can go to our website, they can, uh, there's a note field there and a designation and they can just designate their 20 bucks uh, to diapers and say, Candace, you just get whatever size you need. And so super, super grateful. You know, when you think about 21 years, um, you know, I was pregnant with Chloe. Oh, wow. (laughs) And that was when we had our first uh, 94.1 diaper drive. I think we, you know, did maybe 100 packages of diapers and it was 100 more than we ever had. And we were grateful. And uh, now we're looking at half a million packages. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it is amazing. So tell us about that need for diapers and other babies' baby essentials here on our campus. Well, you know, 50% of our women and children are victims of domestic violence here at the Open Door Missions Lydia House. So they're coming to us with just the clothes on their back. And oftentimes a woman will go back to their abuser if they cannot provide for their child. They will endure. They will. And so for us to provide the diaper and the right size diaper uh, for that mom, it's a burden lifted for them. And then at our diaper depot programs where individuals um, can come once every 30 days to uh, receive diapers for their children that are under the age of two. And so it's a huge program that really is a matter of life and death for many of our guests and those in the community. Um, We should also mention that um, because we're making or doing some changes in the outreach Absolutely. center. Absolutely. So excited. <laughs> Doing some major renovations uh, the first few weeks of January. Uh, painting uh, the Council Bluffs uh, Family Donation Center, uh, the walls and floor. So everything had to come off the shelves uh, to make that happen. Oh and then gosh. we have to restock. That's a big project. <laughs> then we have to restock. So that that location has to, has been clo- has will be reopening on January 16th. And then our TOC closed uh, for deep cleaning, uh, sanitation sanitization, and the setup of a brand new program where we can expand our services to families that have children between the birth and 12 months. So super excited about that new program. And then also, um, we are getting ready uh, for um, implementing a brand new inventory system here that's electronic, Kristen. It is going to help us be better stewards of what people give us so that we can actually, um, instead of using hundreds of Excel spreadsheets, it'll be electronic. Electronic, and we will be able to see what's in our freezer and our 700 skid warehouse without going through hundreds of Excel sheets. That's so wonderful. 
Well, one thing we love to share at Open Door Mission are those stories of hope where we hear from someone who has been through our new life recovery program. And today we're going to be talking to Lori. Thank you so much for joining us, Lori. Your story of hope is truly amazing. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start with your childhood. What was that like for you? So I grew up in a two-parent family. Um, I had a little brother. Uh, My parents owned their own business. Um, It was just your normal, everyday family. And you were, even went to private schools? and Yep. My parents put me through private schools um, up until high school um, to try to protect me from the world. So when did drugs first become a problem for you? Um, at about the age of 15 or 16, once I started high school. And when did it become a problem? The day I started. Really? What it, made you even start? Uh, friends. Friends of mine um, were trying it. They offered it to me. And so I tried it and it grabbed me and wouldn't let go. Now, was it something that completely changed your life in the way that like everybody noticed that you were doing drugs? Like, did your parents ever find out? No one knew uh, except the people I was using with. Um, I managed to keep it from my parents um, all through high school and um, people from the neighborhood, um, teachers at school. um, Nobody knew. So do you feel like you were very high functioning? Very, very high functioning. Um, It made me uh, feel like I was above the law um, and superior to others because I could use and hide it and still function and nobody would know. So the first time they actually stopped using was when you found out you were pregnant um, when you were just before 18 or around the age of 18, right? Correct. Um, I was just getting ready to graduate uh, high school and found out I was pregnant um, because when I would use, I would feel sick. Um, So that was when I first got sober. The first time you did treatment, though, was when in relation to this? Uh, First time I did treatment was in 2006 um, in federal prison. So you were, I think you said you were 24? Yes. So prior to that, you didn't really want to seek treatment? No. No, because I was functioning and um, it gave me the energy I needed. Um, By the time I did treatment, I had two children, Mm -hmm. um, was a single parent, was working. And so it gave me the energy I needed to get things done. And how long did that last? Being sober? Um, Not very long. Not very long. Um, Didn't it kind of turn into a cycle? It it did. It did. I would um, use for a while. I would get pregnant. I would stop using. I would go to treatment and then um, I'd be out for a little while and then I would start using again. So what was it that led you here to Open Door Mission's Lydia House? I would have to say God is the one that led me here. Um, I was not even supposed to come here. I was supposed to go to a different treatment center. So things weren't looking all that great for you. That was back in 2020. Correct. That you had gotten, you didn't get arrested. You got pulled over? Pulled over, ticketed um, due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And they did not take me to jail. They gave me a ticket. Um, Obviously confiscated all of my um, drugs and paraphernalia and sent me on my way. And then later that year, your kids were taken away from you. So that's that's obviously a very hard thing to deal with. Correct. Um, I thought um, over the years of using that my rock bottom would have 
to be my kids being taken away. And, um, and when that happened, I mean, I was just devastated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only thing I could think to do was to use to numb that feeling. And so it took me uh, six months after they were taken before I ever checked into treatment. Yeah. And that was here at Lydia House? Correct. Um, so when you say God brought you here, somebody had told you about Lydia House, right? You hadn't really planned on coming here. and Correct. I was um, actually in a hospital room. Um, dealing with some health issues when a friend reached out to me that I hadn't talked to in about 15 years. Wow. Yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it is my, a God thing. It is a God thing. Um, and my phone told me it was a scam. And so I questioned this person over and over, you know, trying to figure out if this was real. Um, and she told me that the reason that she reached out was because God told her to tell me to hold on. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So you come to Lydia House. What was that like for you? Scary. Um, I had heard nothing but horror stories about shelters and, um, you know, how it's not a place that you want to be. And so I was literally scared and trying to justify and talk myself out of it. Um, and I sat and I waited for an intake for an hour and a half and, and almost left a few times, but for whatever reason I didn't, and I stuck it out and, and I stayed. So you have been to treatment many times before, obviously throughout your life. Um, what makes the Lydia house or open door missions treatment different? The program, the God aspect of it. Um, you know, I've learned over the years through treatments, you know, about substance use and what it does to your body and you know, different coping skills that you can use to not use. Uh, but it wasn't until I learned about how I can give all of my faults and my sins and my addictions over to God and, and let him fix me. You know, once, once I learned that, then it all just worked out, you know, and it, it changed my view of sobriety. So what, uh, what were some of the things that you liked about the program? There was one particular class that you really connected with. Fresh Start was um, the scariest, but it was my favorite. Um, during that class, I was um, confronted with an issue that I didn't realize was a problem. Um, over many treatments, I uh, refused to talk about my dad um, since he passed away and um Going through that Fresh Start program really made me dig down into my past and um, deal with uh, the things that I wasn't given as a child. Um, the validation, the um, telling me that they loved me, just anything. And so I didn't realize that that drug out into my adulthood uh, and and caused a lot of the issues that I was I was dealing with, they came from my past, you know, and through the Fresh Start program, I was able to process through, um, you know, the feelings and the things that I wish I would have gotten as a child and, you know, gave it to God. And, and I was able to then see, you know, how my present choices and, um, you know, the things that I did just really just led all the way back to that. Mm-hmm. And it just changed the trajectory of my life. And isn't it also about just understanding, okay, why 
maybe we do things, but also taking accountability for our actions too. And what we choose to do, um, because of that. Yeah. And you know, and, and I can't, I can take accountability, you know, but I can't change me, you know, God can change me, you know, and that's where that fresh start program comes in. And it really just hits all different aspects Mm -hmm. and it it works. Cause you really, once you, your father passed away and you didn't have a chance to really talk to Mm -hmm. him cause he, like you had had said, he was kind of emotionally unavailable. Um, you kind of went into a really dark time in your life, right? Dealing with that. And so that's what I think is beautiful about fresh start is being able to, to work through that. Um, even when you can't necessarily resolve it with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, you know, in the beginning I had reservations. I thought this is not going to work. He's not even alive. You know, how, how am I going to be able to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's not about just saying it to him. It was, it was just letting it out, you know, giving it to God and, and working through that, you know, with my peers. Yeah. Not easy to do. Not at all. But so helpful. So worth it. Yeah. And I feel like also with a lot of the ladies, um, you get that peer support too, when you're going through the program together. Um, Don't you feel like here that that that's important as well? It is. It is. I mean, we can't, we can't do this on our own, you know, and um, I think that even through treatment, we're all looking for um, encouragement and inspiration and that's, that's what your peers, you know, mm-hmm. sh- are there to do there that they, they should help encourage you to keep you going. And, and hopefully us teachers are doing that too. <laughs> yes. To the students. Yes. Um, so what happened after graduation? Uh, I was offered a job here at Open Door Mission and accepted. <laughs> and uh, what, But you didn't see that coming. I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> even looking for it. I, my job was holding my spot for me and I was going back there and, you know, and so I started working here at ODM to give back what I was given. And then a few months after that, didn't you think about going back to school? I did. I started going back to school in March of 2022. Um, had no plans on doing that either. Um, that just kind of um, was an idea that was given to me and, and it really just sparked interest and I ran with it. And so I'm still in school for drug and alcohol abuse counselor. Wow. Yeah. What is it that made you want to be a drug and alcohol counselor? Throughout my whole addiction, others came to me for advice and guidance. And I always knew I wanted to help people. I just didn't know how. And so when the offer of going back to school, you know, came in to my mind, I just took hold of it and thought, why not? Give it a shot. Yeah. Well, recently you became the case manager for ladies in the program. What is that like for you? It's inspiring. Um, Being able to help those that want to help themselves, um, you know, be able to give back like I was given. uh, I mean, it's truly life changing. And now you've been sober for two and a half years. Correct. Working at Open Door Mission. Correct. Going to school. Yes. So what does the future look like for you when you think about the future? I have no idea what the future looks like. Um, Everything about the past two and a half years has been led by God. Um, Nothing that I've done has been of my own making. Um, I'm just following the Holy Spirit. And so wherever God leads me, I follow. Wow. That's beautiful. Lori, thank you so much. It's been amazing to watch you firsthand, you know, like over these last two and a half years, just so proud of, of, um, 
of you just listening and being obedient to God. And what a beautiful, beautiful story he has uh, turned this into. So thank you for all that you're doing for the ladies at Lydia House. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Lori, thank you so much for sharing a snippet of your life and how it's been changed here at the Open Door Mission. If you've been inspired by Lori and maybe you'd love to volunteer at the Lydia House and meet Lori, we would love to have you. We have baby buddies, kids zone, reading rainbow. Perhaps you'd like to lead a 12-step meeting. Visit our website at opendoormission.org. Lori will greet you with a smile at the Liddy House. Well, you just recently launched Meaningful Minutes with Candace. Can you tell us briefly what that's all about? You know, I'm so excited about this endeavor. I know it's going to take us some time, like any new endeavor, but I really wanted to talk about some of the social issues, Kristen, that we deal with on a daily basis, about the diversity of our uh, guests and the understanding of homeless and poverty. And so we just don't have time to do that on our podcast. And we kept hearing from people uh, in our surveys that they wanted to hear more uh, from my heart. And so it was a way for us to allow us to have a dialogue. And it's great because people can join us while it's being live and they can interact, which, wow. I love that. We've had some great questions live. Um, other opportunities are you can hear it later when it's pre-recorded. It's less than 20 minutes. So you can listen to it in your car, in the bathroom, getting ready. Um, and, you know, it's just an opportunity for uh, me to pick some topics um, that are meaningful to me. And then next one's coming up on January 18th. And we have um, all the details you need. And you can get the Zoom link if you go to our website, opendoormission.org. Well, that's it for today. It always goes by so fast. I can't believe it. I, I, I seems like we just started. You can email any questions you have. Put Coffee and Candice with the subject line. Email odm at opendoormission.org. We'd love to come talk to your group this year. You know, it is a new year. I would love to come and give you an update, a mission moment. And we have many opportunities coming up, too, for volunteering this year. This could be the year you make a huge impact with your family or group. Um, we even have some special things going on for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Of we have hundreds of volunteer opportunities, Kristen, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I know many kids are off from school, so you can volunteer as a family. Uh, encourage your business to come. It's a great team building yes. opportunity. Um, but we are hoping that we will uh, get amazing jobs done on our campus for that day in honor of Martin Luther King. And all you have to do is start at opendoormission.org. Go to that volunteer page and get that application in, and then you'll be able to start self-scheduling and making a huge impact. Thank you for joining us today for Coffee with Candice. We hope you learned something, felt inspired, and know how much we appreciate you, our donors, supporters, and volunteers. I appreciate you too, Kristen. We can't do what we do without you. You can keep up on the latest happenings at Open Door Mission by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and by joining us on our e-news list. Sign up online at opendoormission.org. We'd love your five-star rating, and I can say Happy New Year and see you next month.